Today's episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is brought to you by Black Cat, Matt N, Nikki B, and Miss Tab. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. And thanks for joining us on the 136th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. And I'm spitting. And Everywhere. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to chew popcorn while recording, which is the worst idea ever. Um, because we're back from break. That's why. So prepared. That's not why. Uh, I just really like popcorn. I found Same. This low, Why are you sharing? Dude, I found this low-carb popcorn that I can eat on my diet. And um, I'm really excited about it because I love popcorn. I love popcorn. So that's I why. I go to the movies and I eat a whole thing of popcorn. So I'm just by, warning by your listeners. Uh, I'm eating popcorn. It's not getting edited out. You're just going to have to listen to me crunching. It's true. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to happen. It wouldn't happen if I was editing either, Carly. Cool. I'm just going to like. I'm going like, to talk yep. with my mouth open. I'm gonna that's crunch. a crunch. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to love it. What's that? Um, the disorder that some people have where they can't handle the sound of people chewing. I don't know, but we're going to lose those people. Yeah, it's called like mesophoma or something like that. Nailed it. I just made that up. It's something like that. She did. What are we doing this week? On this week's episode, we're discussing two newer films written and directed by first-time feature-length directors, Braid and Ghost Stories. Yeah. What am I doing again? Oh, yeah. As a reminder. We're so good. Haha. We are a spoiler-heavy podcast, so continue at your own risk. Braid is streaming on Prime Video, and Ghost Stories is currently available on Hulu, so please check those out before continuing if you are a spoiler-sensitive listener. But before we jump into these films, let's get started with a segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is Jacob's Ladder, with an August 23rd release date. It's directed by David M. Rosenthal and written by Jeff Bueller, uh, who previously wrote The New Pet Cemetery, uh, Midnight Meat Train, and the upcoming Grudge film. It's also written by Sarah Thorpe, uh, with the story by Jade Wade Hall. Jake. Uh, is that different? You said Jade. I know, but it's it's basically the same. <laughs> Jake Wade Who Wall, did? not Jake Jade Wade Hall. Jake, Jade Wake Hall. Jake Wade Hall. <laughs> this episode's um, already failing. Uh, we're great, really badly. Um, so Jake, uh, our good buddy Jake over there, he did uh, 2007's The Hitcher, 2006's, and 2006's When a Stranger Calls. 
I also just realized I didn't write down any of the other things that David M. Rosenthal did, and I fail. It's fine. Um, Read the IMDb summary and I'll grab that. Okay, will do. Thanks, Carly. Hey, anytime. The IMDb summary is, after returning home from the Vietnam War, veteran Jacob Singer struggle, struggles to maintain his sanity, plagued by hallucinations and flash... Carly. Good news, you didn't forget. There's just not really anything there. Oh, okay, that's why I did it. I mean, there is stuff there, but nothing that I really recognize. Can you read the summary? Because I'm failing really badly at it. I got you, girl. Thanks, girl. After returning home from the Vietnam War, veteran Jacob Singer struggles to maintain his sanity. Plagued by hallucinations and flashbacks, Singer rapidly falls apart as the world and people around him morph and twist into disturbing images. A remake of the 1990 thriller starring Tim Robbins. Am I always this bad at it? I feel like I'm worse today. (laughs) You're just eating popcorn and living your life. It's true. I am just eating popcorn and living my life and um, copious amounts of wine. I get extra wine tonight. So that yeah. might be part of the problem. I have a second can of booch. So what is booch? You keep saying booch. It's just alcoholic kombucha. It's like high <sighs> alcohol kombucha. So it's 7% instead of like under 1%. That is some pretentious shark pants stuff. Guys, it's so good. No, listen to this flavor. Lemon, maple and thyme. How is that not the most pretentious shark pants beverage of all time? It's so pretentious that I'm wearing my Star Wars shorts. (laughs) Star Wars shorts, because it's summer. That's right. Mm -hmm. I forgot. Mm -hmm. Yep. We are really winning today. Let's talk about Jacob's Ladder. Um, I love this original film. Right. And I didn't get, other than the hallucinations, I didn't get much of the original film in this I'm kind of confused by the trailer, and I Same. don't know if it's the wine or no. If they're it's just the trying to pack story into it, that's not really working. Well, and that's kind of the thing is that I feel like the original Jacob's Letter, and I haven't seen it in a while, but I I used to watch it a lot. Um, I feel like it was a very kind of like personal experience for like Tim Robbins. And then I think Elizabeth Pena was in it, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to feel like an idiot if that's not right. Um, but it was very like kind of central around those two characters. This There's a lot going on in this. Um, not to say that it looks bad. I actually really like um, all of the actors that are involved in this. Um, I just am not knowing... I don't really know what's going on, basically. Yeah, I mean, the the other... I mean, the original film itself is already confusing, and it's a confusing yeah. film on purpose to begin with. Uh, I just feel like they're trying to make sense of it in the trailer, and it's not working for me. It's making me more confused. Mm-hmm. It's like there's war, and then it's his brother. I don't remember a whole... There wasn't a brother thing in the there original. There was no brother. It it and it wasn't he like lost a kid in the first one. Got it. And he, that's kind of what I feel like he had a hallucinations obviously and he also got I don't I don't know. But anyway, um yeah, this there's so much going on that it's confusing. Yeah. But I mean, I'll still watch it. I like the oh, original. Yeah. I I'm down to see a remake. Um I'm a little bit confused that they're doing the vietnam war is this also supposed to take place in the 90s because it doesn't look very 90s to me uh well jacob's ladder is 
Tim Robbins original. is a Vietnam Yeah, but war the vet. trailer for this one says Vietnam War as well. You are correct. It so, does. So I don't... That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't... Is this also supposed to take place in the 90s? Because... I don't They're too so. young looking. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like, the Vietnam um, War doesn't really work in this scenario. Unless it takes place in the 90s. I think... Or... 80s. Correct. I don't think it does, though. No. Okay, so I think that our... IMDb summary is incorrect because looking at the article um, from Modern, Modern Horrors, Horrors yeah. it says Jacob is now a veteran of the war in Afghanistan. Oh. Yeah, you changes can't, You can't everything. trust the IMDb summary. You can't. I was going to say, that's confusing. Okay, I'm glad that it's more modern. I was like, why would it be? Okay. Yeah. And so there's not a lot about this on IMDb. We had to go to Modern Horrors, the very amazing modernhorrors.com to get the information. No, Just there aren't saying. even character names for the for our three main characters, even Jacob. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob and I, himself. I'm wondering why if it's coming out on August 23rd, why we don't have more on it. It's not even listed in the coming soon um trailers for IMDb, which is weird. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe it got pushed up in the time frame and they never updated it. I don't know. But uh something funky's going on. I still want to see it. I think it I still think it looks good. I'm just uh confused. But I mean, that goes hand in hand with most uh Jacob's ladder things. It, it definitely looks interesting. I kind of want to go into it with the pretense that it's nothing like the original. Sure. You know? Yeah, um, I would. I wouldn't recommend going into it expecting the original. No, no, no. Because it, it doesn't feel, I don't know. I f it, like, to me, the only thing that it has in common with the original are hallucinations and the main character's name is Jacob. And war. And war. And death. Well, the brother doesn't die, though. So, does, or does he? I mean, or unless he's a zombie, I guess. But, like, the kid is definitely dead <laughs> I don't in think the first it's necessarily one. zombie, but the whole thing's hallucinations, usually, right? I mean, isn't the original movie, like, a, is that a hallucination or is that real? In the original movie, a lot of it's hallucinations because it's him by himself. But, like, his wife is, like, right, inter you don't interacting with the, the brother. That. And, like, I guess, I don't know. Apparently, like, we have no idea what's going on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Are you ready? All right. So we are going to be talking about Braid from 2019, written and directed by Mitzi Perioni. Perioni? I don't know. Um, this is her first feature-length film. The IMDb summary is... Two wanted women decide to rob their wealthy, psychotic friend who lives in the fantasy world they created as children to take the money they have to take part in a deadly perverse game of make-believe that's yeah, terrible that is awful yeah um that's not a good imdb summary no but this movie isn't good i didn't like it i disagree i liked it very much i knew you were gonna like it <laughs> i knew it i didn't like it the whole time i didn't like it at all any of it <laughs> um you didn't like any of it no, I mean, it was pretty, but I felt like that's all it was trying to be. I don't think it was only trying to be pretty. I think it... I thought it was really disjointed. I don't think it 
connected very well. I I don't know. Like it was definitely pretty. And but the ending didn't make watch. that okay because that's no. because that's how I felt about it. I was like, this is really jumpy and weird. And then, you know, jumping from scene to scene and things aren't connecting right. But then at the end, that all made sense with what was happening. No. What do you mean? No, I just didn't like I mean, I didn't it didn't connect. It didn't like it didn't save it for me. Mm. It it made me feel like reading the summary felt. I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. But I knew you were going to like it. And I know that you have a lot to say about it. So I want you to take um, it away. Well, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, I, it is a jump. Okay. So basically we have two girls and they're doing drugs and, and selling drugs and just basically not giving a shit about the world around them, just doing whatever they need to do to make money and... I think there's like one of them's like a sex worker. Also, I, I'm not really sure what her deal is. Um, yeah, was she like a dominatrix? Yeah, she's or something? like a dominatrix. And then they're both drug dealers and um, young, probably right out of college. And they lose all their drugs, right? Because the police come mm-hmm. in while they're uh, getting ready to sell a bunch of drugs. So yeah. they lose all their drugs and they decide. They're on the run, so they decide to go visit their friend who lives in this giant mansion um, and to try to steal her money because she inherited all this money from her dead grandparents. And so their friend is nutso and insists on playing this game. Anytime anyone's in the house, you have to play the game. And the game has rules in that everyone's got to play. Uh no outsiders are allowed and nobody can leave. And it's basically a game of house. Yeah. The girl... But a more twisted. Yes. The, the girl who lives in the house, um, she plays the mom and then the other two play the daughter and the doctor. Yes. And, I mean, I thought that it was creepy. I think uh, the woman who plays... The mother uh, figure, Daphne is her character's name. Um, she was in Cam. She's in, she was in Cam and she's also in um, Handmaid's yeah. Tale. So she's, I know her from Cam because I don't really watch Handmaid's Tale. Um, not because I don't want to, it's just, I, I can't do it. Um, it's so good. Yeah, I know. I read the books. I just, it's too real and I can't function. Um <laughs> scares the crap out of me so anyway Daphne who's the who's the mom I guess she's not really the mom but she plays the mom she is uh also in cam and she I think she has a great job she's super creepy in this and she plays a completely different character than she does in anything else I've seen her in she also plays a like a an eccentric person in Handmaid's Tale um I mean, she just, she's creepy. I think she's, she is very creepy. She plays creepy very, very well. I think it has some really intense moments where you don't really know what's happening. And um, I mean, there's some abuse happening that gets really violent. Um, If you don't play along or do the things you're supposed to do, that it gets violent and you have to keep playing along. So anyway, they're stuck at this house and 
Um, and then Mr. Medina from Gilmore Girls yeah. is in this, yeah. which I got really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the detective who is looking for the girls and also knew the girls when they were children. And um, I mean, basically, it's a very muddled dreamlike film. Yes. And it's like that on purpose. Um, it's artistic. I think this is a first time director. Um, it almost reminds me a little bit of um, you won't like this, this comparison, but it reminds me of the Virgin Suicides a little bit um, with the whole like sisterhood and only each only understanding each other and not really the outside world. Um, I, I like it. I, I I, I get, I don't think this is everyone's cup of tea. I don't think everyone's going to like it. But I could watch this again, uh, no problem. And um, it's just super beautiful. The colors um, are very vivid. Purples and pinks and whites. Um, I don't know. I was I was into it. Even the parts that I weren't into, I still was more into than other movies. <laughs> <laughs> I knew so. I knew that you were going to. Um, I Why? Was just, Why do you think that? I I don't know. I don't know what aspects of it made me not like it and made me say, I bet Amy liked it. <laughs> um, I don't know. This probably would have been pretty good to pair with, um, what's that other movie that came out about the model... Oh, uh, what's her name? What is oh, it? Um, Nick Reffin's movie? Yeah. Uh, Neon Demon? Neon Demon. But see, I loved Neon Demon. And I didn't like Neon Demon. Yeah. But, but it's funny because they're not very dissimilar. Like these films, they're very, they, like, they're on the same wavelength. They're, the directors are in the same headspace. And they look, they both look beautiful. Mm -hmm. um i feel like the story for me connects more in neon demon which is funny because there's no story really in neon demon (laughs) it's well it's it's a journey i guess whereas this one this though it doesn't feel like one to me i don't know it just felt like stuff was happening for no reason but they explain Um, it and i don't want to go too much into the explanation because it's going to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it which i imagine a, a lot spoiler of spoiler heavy podcast amy i understand that but i still don't talk, think you that should honestly you should talk about it for people that have seen it though all right if you haven't seen it just like jump forward 10 minutes um ten not minutes. that i'll talk about it for 10 <laughs> minutes but i mean if we keep talking about spoilers after i'm done talking so basically come to find out that they're all they're all a little bit crazy i mean we kind of knew that yeah um i liked it because at the beginning i I kept writing things like why do i care i don't care about these characters they're all kind of awful they don't really treat each other well they don't treat other people well um and i liked how towards the end it didn't matter that i didn't care um it's just not that kind of movie where it matters i like how they're all crazy in their own way they're all dealing with their own things and then this is their fantasy world that ties them together i like the name braid i like the title braid because it's three pieces woven together to create something different i just it's very poetic in that way um i mean i think that there is there is a level of pretentiousness that this film hits that doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to go that far um 
I know that there's a lot of allusions to like opera and poetry and art that are just above my head. I'm sure there are. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Um, there are things I definitely like didn't love the whole thing because I mm-hmm. kept going back and, and writing things like, I don't care about that or why are they committing suicide? Like at the end they commit suicide, but then I'm not even sure that they actually did commit suicide. Uh, I don't know. It's it. I like how it's kind of up in the air. It's It works for me. It doesn't always work for me in film, but for some reason in this movie, it does work for me. Yeah. That makes sense. Does it? I feel like I just rambled about nothing. For for you, like I understand how that makes sense to you. I'm I'm personally one of those people, and I know we talk about this all the time. That like I need to connect a character in some way. I need to to get it. And this was just kind of all over the place. I think you hit it on the head where you say like, why do I care about these people? I don't. And because I don't care about any of them, um, I don't care about the movie. And so that's kind of. It's beautiful. It sounds nice. Things are nice. But you cared about people in the Neon Demon? Um, I'm trying to think of who I cared about. Because all those people yeah. suck too. I, ca- I don't. I liked the main chick. I think. All right. I liked her. I mean, I I like this in that a way. Even though I don't like the characters, the characters are still taking a journey, and I'm mm-hmm. watching it. And I. It, it's got weird, like, drug hallucinations, and then you come to find out that one of them just loses their memory and doesn't know what's happening, and it, it, it doesn't make sense, but it works, I think is the best way to put it. It works for some people. <laughs> no, it works for me. I think, it didn't work I think for it, me. <laughs> I think the end saved it for me. Um, By that point, I was like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> I wrote the note, well, well, it does make it better, but is it enough? And, uh, <laughs> and I think, I think I'm answering that yes now, uh, after, you know, sleeping on it, taking a couple days to think about it. I think I, I did end up enjoying it. And there is fun puzzles and like, I don't know. I like the mansion, the way it's laid out is really cool. I if you put Max Bedina in your movie, you get automatic points. He's in there for two seconds. He's not in there for two seconds. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's, he's in like there. three scenes. His, I don't know, his, I feel like the movie could have like not had that in it and it wouldn't have hurt it at all. I oh, love yeah, he totally didn't need to be it, there. Yeah, it was extra. <laughs> it was so not needed. The um, whole movie is extra. <laughs> Yeah, and I just didn't. It didn't serve a purpose for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you're if you're expecting like a coherent, I do enjoy a story with my movies. I think that this had more story than I thought it was going to. I just went in completely blind because you said yeah. you wanted to watch it, so I had no idea. I didn't expect anything. Well, and I mean, then- I towards the end at that point, I was like, "Well, I give up. I don't. There's no story here." And then and then it does kind of like take everything and wrap it all together for you at the end so it does make some kind of sense and I think for a first time director this is like a pretty big accomplishment I think uh, she reminds me a lot of Sofia Coppola um, and her 
type of filmmaking, which I feel similarly about Sofia Coppola, where a lot of her films, I'm like, I don't know if I like this. And then other films will be like, oh, I love that. So I want to see more from her. I feel like she's going to be a horror version of Sofia Coppola, and I'm okay with that. I think you just, I don't know. I get it. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you at all, um, because I typically also want to love my characters and go on a journey with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel like I'm going on a journey with my characters. I just don't care about them. Yeah. But um, I think that's okay. I think that's okay because at least I'm seeing some sort of evolution happening. Um, for some reason, it works. It still works for me. So, again, don't blame you at all, though. Because I'm not, I wasn't even sure at the end of it if I liked it. I think now I have finally made that decision that, yes, I did like it. Good. Good. No, mm. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's just not my cup of tea. No, it's fine. And I, and like I said, and I'm going to draw a comparison back to Sofia Coppola again, because that's how I feel about her movies, too. I have to decide, like, days later, did I like that? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, like, I love some of her movies, and I can definitely, like... Not that I I don't hate any of her movies though at all. I just am like whatever. Oh, what was what- that one? She did one that I, I I can't imagine that you would like. It's like I can't remember the name of it now. I need to look it up. Did she direct it? Yeah, Why? I liked Virgin Suicides. Marie Antoinette was whatever. I never it's... saw the bling ring because it looked too much. I did want to see the beguiled. Bad. I didn't see that one. Um, I liked Lost in Translation. Yep, I love Lost in Translation. I think that and Virgin Suicides are my two favorite films from her. I quote Virgin Suicides often. That movie's great. I love that movie. It's because you're the Stone Cold Fox. Hell yeah. Okay, what was, what was this movie? I need to look it up. Here I am. Okay, it's called Somewhere. I've never even heard of it. So, <laughs> I dare you to watch that movie and then tell me that this movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it takes place at the Chateau Marmont. Yeah. So, why? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's an actor and he lives there. Steven Dorff. And. An elf manning plays Cleo. Yeah, and then there's, there's a daughter, and then that's, I mean, that's that's about it, man. There's yeah. not. <laughs> this doesn't look like something that I would ever watch on purpose. I know, but I want you to watch it just so you can tell me that this movie doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I had to watch this movie. <laughs> I know, I know, I get it. It's because uh, I made you. Yeah. It's cool. All right, we can move on. What's next? Are there any fun facts about this movie that you want to share with me? You know, not really. I have a lot of notes on ghost stories, so we can just go right to that. Okay. Um, I don't think I was expecting you to hate this quite so much. It just did absolutely nothing for me. Okay. That's fine. Let's move on. <laughs> Sorry. Two <laughs> ghost stories from 2018. It's written and directed by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman. Uh, it's their first full-length feature directorial film. I, there was 
extra words in there. Yeah. Uh, the IMDb summary is a skeptical professor, Philip Goodman, embarks on a trip to the terrifying after. Nope. This, there's no punctuation here. How are you supposed to know where to go? Jesus Christ. Uh, a skept- skeptical professor, Philip Goodman, embarks on a trip to the terrifying after being given a life, a file. Nope. <laughs> Can I try it? Yes, please. Cool. Skeptical professor Philip Goodman embarks on a trip to the terrifying after being given a... F- oh, wait. To the terrifying... That doesn't even make sense. Trip to oh, the yes. terrifying. Trip to the terrifying. Comma. Comma. After. <laughs> after being given a file with details of three unexplained cases of apparitions. I had it the second time and then I said life instead of file because that's how my brain's working right now. I mean, that's a that's weird. Yeah. Commas. Punctuation, people. It's important. Man, this episode sucks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love this movie. Can we just I'll just start by saying that. Yeah, I do. Um, It makes me laugh. It makes me nervous. It had all the things. And I feel like I liked it more because I watched watched it right after Braid. (laughs) And so I feel like it, like, connected more, you know? Do you know what I mean? When you're like, oh, there's pieces and they all are leading towards something. All right, all right, all right. I don't mean it to be, like, a (laughs) snotty asshole, like, at all. I just meant it to be, like, when you're, you know, I don't know. I really like this movie is basically what I'm saying. It's weird. I like this more the second time after watching it for sure. I think the first time I didn't like it as much. Um, I love how... Yeah, the first time I was kind of bored. Yeah, I was bored and I didn't really... I don't think I really caught everything. The second time it feels... It feels like it moves faster. It does feel like it moves faster and I, I liked playing detective a little bit, watching it the second time, because I kind of knew it was coming, so I was looking for hints and clues. Um, My favorite was when the kid's like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud by myself. You mean when the demon was in the car and told yeah. him to stay, He's and like, then he stay. said, fuck that, and ran fuck away? Fuck that. I know, I also love that part. I was like, same, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> same, you get out of that car. It's fun to pay attention to all the numbers in the movie. Um, There's all of, like, especially when the movie's first starting, you have all these chalk numbers during the title sequence. And then you have um, in our first... So so basically, just to backtrack a little bit, basically this is an anthology film um, with a really um, intuitive um wraparound um i think it's probably one of the best written um anthology horror films i've ever seen yeah Um, the wraparound is is so seamless that you don't even realize it's an anthology film which is like the most brilliant part of it i think um so we have dr goodman or professor goodman who's our skeptic he's um he had like kind of a rough childhood with like very superstitious parents and he uh, found this other skeptic, Mr. Cameron, who wrote books and things that he loved. 
And so he tried to mimic him growing up and he was, you know, pretty much throwing off all these ghost stories, um, exposing them as, as farce and also um, psychics and things of that nature. So then uh, he gets a package in the mail that's like, hey, come visit me. I'm not dead from Mr. Cameron. <laughs> Surprise. And then, and then Mr. Cameron's like, here's three of my unsolved cases. Please prove them to me that they're fake. Right. So basically our short stories are these three cases that he's researching. Yes. So throughout the movie, we see these allusions to these numbers. We have, um, they show up everywhere. Uh, 92, 20, 1, 48. Six. Wasn't there six? 32. <laughs> yes, there is a six. Wasn't there a six in there? I think that was the first there number. There is a six. There is a... <laughs> an 11 a 19 there's all these numbers and you keep seeing them and you see them at different parts um of the film um and i don't i don't know why i kept like every time i was like oh there's numbers there and i'd like pause it and find them and write them down and uh made it like kind of like a a game while i was watching it how many numbers can i find so i I I, I was looking for them everywhere yeah i mean because after you first see this movie you get it and I love that you don't understand it until after the first time that you've seen the movie. Because the tagline is the brain sees what it wants to see. And they yes. say it a lot in the movie. But you don't necessarily, like, get it, I guess, until you've seen it once. So it's definitely beneficial to see this movie a couple times. Well, and I think, and possibly even with Braid this would be true, that after seeing it the first time, you're not really paying attention to the end. Like, so when the end happens, you're like, oh, does that work with the whole movie? And you go and replay the movie in your head and you're trying to figure out if the end explains the rest of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can kind of just relax and enjoy it more when you watch it a second time because you can see these little, like, sprinklings throughout the film that will explain the ending better um i didn't remember like everything about the movie so there were still little things i was like oh yeah that works really well um again i really enjoyed the numbers my so our first case let's go through the first case okay um where it's called tony matthews so tony matthews was a uh janitor or um watchman for this abandoned women's mental asylum yes um which worst job ever is midnight shift in the abandoned in the abandoned (laughs) mental mental institution yeah no thanks i'll pass i'm gonna go ahead and find a different job uh (laughs) shoveling manure or something because anything is better than that (laughs) Like, in a graveyard, fine. But, like, no. enclosed? Oh, my God. No. In a graveyard, I'm totally fine. In, but if I'm enclosed and there's lots of, like, remnants of things everywhere. Yeah. And I have a flashlight and I'm in, like, a small enclosed room with no windows and, like, fluorescent lighting. No. And it's not no, even real you. lights. It's, like, gen- generator lights. Yeah. So they're <laughs> dimmer and not less relying. Flickering. <laughs> yes, flickering. No. Um, they keep going off because the ghosts keep fucking pulling them out of the socket. <laughs> Just like, oh, Tony Matthews. 
I can't. Get a different job, my friend. Yeah. Um, He's listening to, like, creepy music on the radio. Why do they even need someone there? I mean... Most I don't know. Abandoned places just are let just it go. abandoned, and you just hope people don't go there. <laughs> or they have like someone who walks the perimeter, not someone sure. that's like in sitting it, sitting inside the whole time. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. So, anyway, uh, it almost reminds me of um, that show Fear. Do you remember the MTV show Fear? Hell yeah, I do. I wanted to be on that show so bad. You wanted to be on it? Oh my god, are you kidding me? Are I you am that one hundred percent. I'm that person. I want to go explore abandoned everything. Sure. sure. I will be on that show. Put me put me in there. Sure. I want to do it. You know what? Okay, if you're not familiar with the MTV show <laughs> that we are talking about, it was a game show and they put all these contestants, they brought them to some abandoned, haunted building that's a billion years old and something horrible happened there and they'd break them out into groups and basically they'd play like a tape and the tape would tell them okay this person has to go here and accomplish this to win this money so like sure if you have other people with you it's not so big big of a deal go sit in this room with all the lights out for 15 minutes or whatever but then they got more difficult and it's like do you remember the ones that was like sit in this coffin by yourself with all the lights out for like a half hour or something? Like, oh, no, I don't remember that. I don't want to be in enclosed. Oh, in, Carly, in a that coffin. was like a big part of it. Or lock yourself. It tell you the story of something that happened in this room. It's like, oh, go in this prison cell, and this woman uh, was hung in the corner. And everyone says that they can see her walking the halls at night. And it's like, okay, that now I lock, your, lock yourself in here, turn off your flashlight, and sit there for 20 minutes. You don't remember that? That was the whole show. That's why no, I'm like, I remember no. that. I don't oh. remember being in a coffin. I'll oh, there do were that. That's ones. fine. I mean, I give me those little od- odom- I don't know, odometers. <laughs> give me those little meter thingies. <laughs> And throw me in there. I will stay in there for 20 minutes for money. See, if 100%. there were other people with me, I would be fine. But like by yourself, turn off your light in this abandoned place. I I could not. And there's no camera people with you. You have like GoPros on your head. But this you have like, it wasn't even a GoPro, guys. It was like a, <laughs> it was a huge yeah. <laughs> cage that rested on your shoulders. Oh, yeah. Totally that sat that. in front of your face <laughs> and like right in front of your face yeah and you and could see the people's face and it had like night vision and stuff yeah and oh, it was that like was brilliant oh, it was so good why it don't they so have good. that anymore they really need to bring that back can we just get like netflix can you please oh. re-release fear i just got chills girl series. we gotta do this the how about we series. do it how okay <laughs> guys give us money and we'll by the rights to fear and we'll yes. stream it somewhere <laughs> oh my god for you so, such an amazing show okay yeah. i'm sorry okay i went on a tangent but that's basically what like the case one tony matthews first story is about yeah he's like he's basically doing fear by himself he's got the radio going and it's funny because the stories that he that it's like talk radio where people call in and talk about their problems and mm-hmm. he's like you know making fun of it but the whole thing is like basically other stories in the film. They're basically describing it. Yeah. 
They also describe like the story of his daughter, which happens later uh, after this event happens. And they talk about locked in syndrome quite a bit. And what locked in syndrome is, is basically when, um, you know, you're in a coma and you're just locked in your body. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's my understanding. Sorry, I was thinking about it. Yeah. They say the lights are on, but nobody's home. Right. Which we also, it comes full circle at the end. Yeah. So poor Tony Matthews, ghost got him. The little girl in a yellow dress puts her finger in his mouth. And it's the scariest thing ever. Oh, it's so weird. (laughs) And the whole, the best part is that like, so towards the beginning when like the the fucked up shit's kind of like about to start happening, but he's like spooked. But he isn't completely there yet where he, it's like, okay, ghosts. Like sure. he thinks he's seen some things. And then um, when he is like he has the light shined onto that, it looks like a bed and it looks like a, a child like sitting on the bed with like. Yes. And he like is walking closer like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I was like, good for you, man. Because I would be like running in the other direction. Like. Right would not be walking even if it was just like towels folded weirdly on top of each other like carly i hate to break this to you i don't think you would make it very far in fear oh my god i would love it though (laughs) you'd make it like five seconds those rooms were so empty Uh, i don't know like this there was just like so much stuff in it i I I think if we redo if we when we remake fear when we do it okay um we will stack towels in the corners (laughs) cool but when we remake fear and we have GoPros and we can we just like go like investigate abandoned houses and mental institutions and theme parks and things like that. Well, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, but fear was a little bit different because everything was kind of cleared out because it was all like, I don't know. Got it. You know, well, it was like I, super production-y. I don't I want don't that. I don't remember it being fear. super cleared out. I remember there being like operation tables and like... There was weird stuff in there, but there was definitely stuff that felt more staged. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I just want I just want the real <laughs> I just want to go. I just want to do it. Let's move on to case number two with Fine. Simon Rifkin. She's bored of me. I well, I just want to keep this moving because we're almost at an hour already. <laughs> Fine. So Who Simon is Rifkin no, Simon. is a young man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very nervous. So we have Professor Goodman goes to visit Thomas uh, Simon Rifkin to hear his story, and he's a very creepy young man. He really is. Lives with his creepy parents. He has some neuroses. What I said. He has some neuroses. Yeah, he has quite a few neuroses. His uh, what happened to him left him scathed. Mm -hmm. Yes. And truth be told, his parents even before the ghost thing happened um stressed me out yeah even they're just creepy watching it yes even just watching them call him so much yes and not looking like always looking you don't really see their faces yeah and it's yeah it's super creeps yeah um so simon is driving down the road hits something turns out to be a demon i think <laughs> yeah um that's what it looks like yeah, basically looks like a demon. And then so he like gets back in the car and drives real fast. And he's driving down this road that's like 
don't drive down this road, you know, yeah. like, especially at night. There's no streetlights. You're by yourself. He's it's in the like woods. Going, it's going through the woods. Why? Why? You don't need to go to a party that badly. Just stay at the party overnight. Yeah. You know, you're, you're already in trouble. You're already grounded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, he hits this thing. He's driving away. He's feeling all right because he got away. And then, you know, the car goes bananas and stops working. And then this demon thing is getting in the getting on top of the car, getting around the car. I like how they don't really show it, but Same. they do show it. Yeah. You know, they don't show it in a way where it's cheesy and you can see its mouth moving, but you can see glimpses of it and then not. Um it talks, but you don't see it talk. I yeah. think if I saw it talk, it would be a little too like cheese funny. Yeah. Yeah. So the the demon gets in the car with him, tells him to stay. He says, fuck, fuck that. that. <laughs> and away. In the best, most believable way, like the delivery of this, of those two words could <laughs> not have been done better. He did a great, I will say that the acting all around in this movie is pretty great. It's so good. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Fuck that. Fuck that. I felt that. I was like, yep. Me too. <laughs> so he runs out in the woods and then a tree attacks him. Yeah. There is some allusions to Evil Dead in this um in this sequence. Uh there's like the camera moving through the woods that is very reminiscent, like moving really fast through the woods that just anytime I see anything like that is uh, of course gonna make me think of Evil Dead. And then there's also uh, you know, the tree attack, which, you know, there is one of those in Evil Dead as well. And also Snow White. Sure. <laughs> that's that's definitely what the director had in mind. Snow White. Yep. Yep. Um so I like that. And you know, Goodman's like, yeah, this is stupid. Like there's no way this is real. He's going through the woods. He's like, you know, he heard the kid's story and he's just like, this isn't real. He gets back to his car and he sees himself all blue and freaking out and trying to get out of the car well he also hears a demon voice in the woods which is important yes he like is recording himself saying you know basically how this can all be explained away and blah 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 blah. and then all of a sudden there's this really scary demon voice that freaks him out yeah and his dead body also freaked me out yeah, there's 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 a lot of like little creepy things. He seems to stick to his disbelief though. Yeah. Throughout all of it. He is a non-believer. He's, he's a he's sticking to the non-believer side of things. Even when the so, ghost is staring him in the face. It's true. And it's himself. And it's himself blue. Yeah. Yeah. Blue. And he disappears. So, then we have case 3, Mike Priddle, so who good. is the guy from the office. <laughs> The British he's office. He's Jim from the office, and he's also he's, a hobbit. And he's, he's also Bilbo a Baggins. hobbit. There you go. That's the most important part. And he's also from Sherlock. He's what's-his-face. So I he's love him. Martin lovely. Freeman. He's, he's perfect. Funny. He's funny in this, too. And he's just talking, and he's charismatic, and he's just telling his story and walking through the prairie or wherever that is. I don't know what that is. He's, like, the best one for this story because yeah. it's so matter-of-fact, and, yeah. like, I still believe him. Like, he isn't crazy. Like the no. Like, the kid is definitely giving across, like, crazy vibes. 
Sure. Um, and and the first guy's vibes. a drunk. Exactly. Yeah. But this guy's very matter of fact. And he's very mm-hmm. like, this is what I saw. I have business to do. This yeah. is what I saw. He, it's so perfect. Like the, the difference between the three are just so perfect. I agree. I think that this is the best like final segment before mm-hmm. the end of the segments. Um uh, so basically he's telling the story about how his wife took forever to get pregnant. She wanted to wait until her career took off. And so she got pregnant at 40. It was really difficult. And when she had this baby, it was like, had like a tail and was like creepy looking. Barty. And what was it? Barty. 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 Yeah. Barty. And then there's like basically a haunting happening in his house poltergeist type things happening in his house um with a scary wife at the end and and then at the very end after he's done telling his story he blows his head off with a shotgun that pause right before it happens is so creepy because it's so deliberate there's something that happens there yeah so like i want to know what he's looking at Mike Mike says, what I've learned is life goes on. Yeah. And then he takes a pause. He takes a beat and he looks at Professor Goodman and and Professor Goodman goes, what? Like, and the look on Mike's face is like he something surprised him when he looked at Professor Goodman and then he blows his own head off. Correct. Which is. It's a very strange exchange, and I'm not sure I completely understand it, but I like it very much. I do, too, because it is, it's it's just so deliberate. It's something that happened on purpose. It's something that happened that I'm missing, but I and I want to know what it is, but, like, I'm also okay with not knowing. Well, the only other thing I can think of is we see Callahan, right. and we'll find out who Callahan is in a minute. We see Callahan following them, and maybe right. he sees Callahan, and maybe he sees in that moment who Professor Goodman is, true. which is possible. That's very but, true. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it doesn't really matter. No. But it is a lovely moment. Oh, Whatever it's so it means, good. it's a lovely moment. Because you're okay. kind of thinking the whole time, like, what's he doing with that gun? Because yeah. he's telling a story. He's just yeah. getting it ready. He's taking care of his business. He's just having a chat. And then he has this moment. And then he shoots himself. When he goes into the closet to get the gun, on the inside of the gun, they have all nine numbers oh. written on the, on the door. Interesting. So I paused it and wrote them all down. Love it. <laughs> so all nine of them are there and in sequential order. I don't know. I liked it. Same. I like that one a lot. Oh, it's so good. It's it's so good. It's so great the way, like everything about it. Everything about that one. So then Goodman is done with his cases. Yeah. That obviously shook him, but he's still not convinced that any of this is real. Right. And he goes back to the uh, the main guy who gave him the cases to tell him this can all be explained away by neuroses and alcoholism and, and all this other stuff and, and suicide. Uh, and then and then basically he tears off his face. The old guy tears off his face and he is Mike Priddle. Yes. 
this blew my mind when I saw it originally. And he said, this is when I kind of lost me the first time, but I can appreciate it more this time. Same. Because he tears off his little mask and he says, things aren't always as they seem. And he tears a hole in the wall and then they walk out into this other area where we find out who Professor Goodman really is and what really happened to him as a kid. Can I tell you? Yes. This kind of doesn't have anything to do with this movie, but it does in the fact that he like pulled off his prosthetic. And when I first saw this, I remember being like, oh, what the fuck is happening? Like, like, (laughs) I was like, like he would put on that prosthetic just because he knew this guy was coming over, you know, like before I saw like the second half of the movie. And um, in Suspiria... We have uh, <laughs> Tilda Swinton, who's like yeah. the old man. The yeah. whole time waiting that I was that watching moment. that movie, I was waiting. I was waiting the waiting whole time for, for that <laughs> to r- come into the story and for her to rip off her weird prosthetic, and it never Girl, happened. Same. And I was Girl, so same. Same. Oh my god! Take that fucking thing off your face. Oh my okay. God. So moving on, uh, we have him now. He finds out that. Or we find out, rather, that as a kid, he was getting bullied, and then the bullies stopped bullying him to bully this other kid who is mentally not all there. Correct. Um, Callahan. And basically forced him to go into a cave to read off the numbers in the cave. There's 10 numbers. You have to read them all off. Keep going. They're kind of spaced far apart. So the joke is that there's nine numbers written on the wall and you keep walking forever because there's no tenth number for you to find. And the tunnel gets progressively smaller and progressively smaller. smaller. And then he has a seizure while he's in there. He's he keeps saying he wants to get out, but mm-hmm. the bullies don't let him. Yeah. So there he's having a seizure. The bullies run away and prof- young Professor Goodman does nothing. He runs home and doesn't tell anyone and they don't find him right. for a, Until a he's already passed. He's already dead. And not looking so great. No. So there's all this guilt from that experience, which is festering inside of him. Yeah. Um, and we find out he's in a coma and he's the one that has lights out syndrome. And this is what he's reliving. Uh, presumably, at least this is how I took it over and over again. Yeah, because he's he's tried to kill the, kill himself, and now he's yes. in this coma. Yeah, he sees what he wants to see. All yep. of the characters in his story are characters that he deals with on a daily basis because they all the doctor, work at the hospital. The There's janitor, a doctor. yep, and the like assistant orderly. He's also a doctor. He's a doctor in training. Okay, yeah. Um, and the little yes. the yellow doll is in the There's corner. There's a little yellow doll on the chair. Uh, we find out that he died. He tried to kill himself in his car, and he tried to uh, suicide by asphyxiation, mm-hmm. which explains why he was like blue in the face in the car. In the car, and his vision. Yep. Um, the gr- the little doll with the yellow dress is the little girl in the first story. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the janitor. Along with the janitor. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like... The mom, the, the parents keep calling the kid. Yep. He's on the phone a lot with his parents. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of similarities that are running through. And 
there's allusions to like seeing a uh, window upside down and that's because the janitor moves the mirror over to him so he can see out the window mm-hmm. change um, of scenery yeah it's so good it's really good it's, so it's really good. good it works really well it really does oh i love it i will say there is one thing that i'm not sure i understand okay and i don't understand why before he gets um before we find out he's in a coma mike priddle's basically bombarding him with how he's a terrible person and then he feeds the baby the demon baby barty cat food cat food yeah i don't really understand barty i don't understand why the baby even had to be a demon um i don't really get any of that did I miss something or is that just part of the story and I just should accept it for what it is? I feel like the demons just run through the stories. Sure. Because obviously like there's the demon in the woods, Barty's a demon, and the the evil poltergeist. And we do see a glimpse of, not that, that Callahan's a demon, but we do see a glimpse of him in Mike's story kind of looming and he he does have like a little jump scare moment there um so i feel like it's just the weaving of of the stories and it kind of just gets gradual and more in your face as we as we go on i don't know that i would feed my demon baby cat food i mean you've never had a demon baby that's true that's true but i feel like it would probably want like blood or something you know yeah, that's probably the closest that you can get. Do you think it wants, like, the blood of a virgin? Yeah, probably that's, probably. like, ideal. That would probably, yeah. like, make it grow faster. Sure. You know? Which is really what you want when you have a demon Exactly. Baby. You want to get it out of diapers as fast as you can. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be know? changed no demon baby diapers. No, let's feed this baby virgins all day. <laughs> find all the virgins for the baby. I'm sure yeah, it's very it's difficult important. in this day and age. It's not as easy as it used so. to be to find virgins running around. No. All right, are we done? Are we done with this one? Uh, yeah. We made it through the episode somehow. I really enjoyed this movie. Would watch again. I, I enjoyed this movie too. I enjoyed both of this week's movies. Carly. I enjoyed one of them. <laughs> we know. But one of them was pretty. Yes. So, would watch again. Um, sorry, I'm a little out of it. I I apologize now. How dare for, you? For my craziness. How dare and you? And my not being able to speak very well. But I appreciate you still listening anyway. Yeah, you're great. Uh, anything you want to shout out about before we close? I'm trying to things think. you're watching, reading, listening to. What did I do? I uh, haven't watched all of Stranger Things, but I'm working on it. Um, I... How far did you get? I'm only on the third episode. Okay. Because I watched, I watched season two basically in its entirety before I started watching season three. Oh, okay. um, I did skip uh, episode seven, I think it is, because it's the worst episode. The one that's only about 11. Um, I like, everyone hates that one yeah, but me. I'm the only was, person that likes that one. <laughs> I was so upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Um... But I mean, I guess it like it makes sense to the story, but I skipped it this time around. Um, very excited to finish that. I got to watch Star Wars in 
an amphitheater, which was super epic. And um, I'm going to go see Annabelle tomorrow. Nice. So I haven't. Oh, Midsummer. I haven't seen Midsummer yet. Okay, so we can't talk about that. No, I meant to. I didn't have a chance to. Um, So I'll probably see it this weekend. Um, Get on it, girl. It needs your money. (laughs) I have been watching Stranger Things. I'm on episode I'm about to start watching six, so I'm almost done. Yeah. Um, and Tommy B, you're welcome. Started watching Veronica Mars. I love Veronica Mars. It's streaming on Hulu. It's so I promised, good. I've been promising Tommy B forever that when it was streaming, I would watch it. It is now streaming. I am now watching it. Hell yeah. I don't break promises to Tommy B. Oh, that's it's for sure. So good. Kristen Bell is a treasure. She is a treasure. I only watched the first episode last night, but I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I will continue to watch for sure. Good, because it's so good. Um, um, I mean, that's it. I went on a trip. I've been busy. We haven't been, I haven't been in town, which is why we're late this week. We had earthquakes. Uh, so thanks for your patience. Yes, we had earthquakes. That was weird and scary. Those were fun. It made me really nauseous. Did it really? Yeah, I got really, like... And I kept on feeling, like, things afterwards, which was weird. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't feel very affected by the earthquakes. I kind of, like, I was eating dinner when we had that 7.1. Yeah. I was up uh, near Santa Barbara, so they were strong where I was. It wasn't in San Diego where it's not as bad. Yeah. Um. And I was at a nice restaurant. I was eating a nice dinner. I just got about halfway through my my second cocktail. And <laughs> I thought that the room was spinning because I was drinking. And then I realized that, nope, the doors really are swinging. And the chandelier above me really is swinging. And the chandeliers outside are really swinging. And, and yes, that's, that's, that's an earthquake. <laughs> it was so weird because it felt like rolling. It did. It felt like I was on a cruise ship. I kind of felt like I was eating dinner on a cruise ship because that's exactly what it feels like. And then actually. it just like didn't stop for a long time. My yeah. TV was shaking. My dogs were like, what the fuck is happening? And so was yeah. I. I was like, you know, let's not have that happen again. I think my cat was extra freaked out because when I got home, she was she was like Velcro to me for the next two days. Like, she followed me into the bathroom. She followed me into the kitchen. She followed me into the living room. She followed me into the bedroom. Like, yeah. if I sat down, she was laying next to me. Like, she's not like that. Most cats aren't like that. Um, Did you feel she- the first earthquake? No, because I was driving when oh. the first one happened. That one, woke, um, well, not like woke me up, but I was like in bed. And I literally thought it was Leia like under the bed doing something like like itching oh. or whatever and then i look over and she's staring at me like mom what is happening and i was like i think that there's an earthquake i was it was so weird because it was a lot it was like more subtle yeah i guess the one the second one was like 11 times stronger than that first one it was a lot stronger for sure and um i mean even where i was it was it was it was pretty strong, um, but it wasn't like a jolting earthquake. It wasn't like shaking. Again, it was more like no, a... it was a roll. Roll. Yeah. yeah. It felt more like a roll. Yeah. At least it's not the big scary one that we're supposed to get sometime in the near future. Fingers crossed, but now I need an earthquake kit, so that's neat. Yeah. It's just a friendly reminder to go to your local Costco and get your $100 
earthquake kit. Yeah. It made me very aware of my surroundings or just make your own. and how 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 I how I'm surrounded by power lines is really what yeah. it made me realize and also be very nervous about. I have quite a few uh power lines in my neighborhood. I'm pretty sure most of them are like cables, so like phone cables and things like that. I don't know that they're actual power lines. I hope Maybe that they mine are. are telephone lines. Is that a thing still? I don't even know. Well, my neighborhood's really old, and I think um, that I know that's where our internet cables are, and I think that's also where the phone lines are. Okay, so that's not like as dangerous as just like straight electricity. Certainly (laughs) not nearly as dangerous. No. Okay, well, I can deal with that. That makes me less nervous. Most electricity lines are buried, I think, in this day and age. Okay. Yeah. I never really noticed them before until. Literally until Friday when I yeah. like was looking around my area and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Just get in a doorway, girl. Just get in a doorway. They are everywhere. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's move on. What do we what do we got going on next week? What Ooh, do we pick for next we're week? We're doing Carly? some things. We're doing some things. I'm excited. OK, so too. we are going to do uh, an original and a remake. So we are going to be watching Juon. Um, which is screaming, screaming, streaming, yeah. <laughs> which is screaming on Voodoo it's and Tubby screaming TV. Currently, yeah, that could be a new thing we do. <laughs> it's scre- currently screaming on Voodoo and Tubby TV. I like it. I'm gonna say it now. Yep. Um, and then it's American counterpart, The Grudge, which is now screaming on HBO Go and HBO Now. We're doing that from now on. Yes, it's never gonna get old. No. I'm so right. excited by my phone. It's gonna be so much fun. I haven't rewatched these movies in a while. I haven't either. And I'm stoked on it. Let's do it. Yay! Juan and the Grudge. Alright. So that's it for this week, my lovelies. Until next week, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye. Bye.